Hello and welcome to our newest episode of A Conversation With, our Zing Learning Podcast. This time we are talking to the incredibly talented Rachel Long-Smith, who is the co-founder and CEO of Effect and is a wonderful, amazing designer, not only through the actual work that she's doing, but also the impact that she's having socially with lots of different types of marginalized groups within the field. As she stepped into the metaverse and really started to bring to life some really fantastic things there, she's also doing some really fantastic mentoring as well. So I got chatting to her about her experience of stepping into the metaverse and what it's like for women in the field, but also some of the challenges with diversity there as well. So hopefully you've got a little bit of time to kick back, relax and have a little bit of a listen. Hi, Rachel. Nice to see you. Hi, lovely to see you too. Um, I'm really excited to have a chat with you today because I know you're working on some really cool new projects. We've obviously spent a bit of time together over the last couple of years after working in the same co-working space and I got to know you. We've kind of been cheerleaders for each other's businesses and, and what we're doing, but I'm I'm really interested to hear how you're getting on and, and all of the stuff that you're working on at the moment. So do you just want to give our listeners just a little bit of an idea of what you're up to and and I know you're working in the metaverse at the moment as well so do you want to just give us a bit of an idea about what you do? So before we get into everything I thought it might be quite helpful if I explain what I mean by the terms web3 and the metaverse as I'm sure I'll be talking about these quite a bit. So ultimately there are lots of definitions out there for both of these terms but this is basically just how I like to describe them. So first uh, let's talk about web3. So initially we had Web1, which was just like the read-only internet, and this was basically created by companies rather than individuals. Then we have Web2, and this is basically read and write. So it's more sort of like participatory and social, which basically enabled like a user-to-user interaction, more like content creation and things like blogging. And we now have Web3, which is classed as read, write and own. So it basically facilitates sort of like decentralization and ownership is one of the biggest features. So this basically means that people have full ownership of their content, data and assets. And then this is all enabled because of blockchain technology. And then another thing about Web3 is that it also features, you know, large volumes of uh, sort of smart tech like machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we're currently in Web2. And we're moving into Web3 and some projects already in in Web3, like mine, for example. Um, And now let's talk a little bit about the metaverse, because obviously that all links into this. So uh, this can be described as basically like uh, virtual immersive worlds. And in these worlds, people have avatars that represent themselves. These avatars then interact with each other and they do things like play games. Um, They could work in in the metaverse, build things, watch performances and do so much more. Like the opportunities are going to be endless soon. Um, And then often these worlds are accessed through things like virtual reality and augmented reality. And they basically enhance the interactions, make them feel more natural and much more immersive. So hopefully like these descriptions make sense. Um, And then just to explain quickly a little bit about my new company, which is called Effect. 
So we are a digital fashion brand and what we're doing is we're co-creating all of our collections with our community. Uh, we're then selling our collections as limited edition NFTs that can be worn on avatars in the metaverse. So you can also wear our digital fashion uh, in real life, not physically, but through augmented reality lenses um, through your phone. So in the same way that you would use Snapchat, you can view our clothing that way. So that's a little bit about Web3, the metaverse and effect. That's so cool. It's really nice to know that you're doing this. And, and before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about your experience with other people in the space and, and how it's been. So tell us a little bit about what's your experience been um, as, I guess, quite a newbie. Yes, you've run your own business for a long time, a very successful business, but relatively new in this space. How has been your experience here? So it's actually been amazing. And me and my sister were both saying like, we've not really come across an industry like it because everyone is so willing to help. And as I was saying on, you know, before we started the call, there's like a, a little uh, acronym called uh, that people say, which is WAGME, which is we're all going to make it. And everyone is so supportive of each other. So I've actually got like um, people who have come on board to like help me with marketing and building like our roadmap and um, our community strategy all for like hardly any money because they know that like we don't have any money or funding at the moment but they're just so willing to help with their skills um, and yeah my sister who's a fashion designer so we're both from the creative industries and we're like there's like no one's doing any backstabbing everyone is like lifting each other up and supporting each other so it is such an amazing space to be in so if anyone, you know, and the other thing as well, like if you want help with anything, there's loads of amazing spaces out there specifically for women, you know. So if you want to understand more about crypto, um, you can just literally type in women crypto and loads of different projects will come up. Um, so that's amazing. I think people are really carving out a space for for women and, and other people that, you know, aren't just like men in the space. <laughs> the typical what we expect when we think of these places. Do you know what? There's something in there, isn't there, around people not backstabbing, people supporting each other. And it's such an interesting concept because obviously if you go on somewhere like LinkedIn or somewhere like that, there's, I would say as far as sometimes a bit of toxic positivity with regards to how we're all supposed to be billionaires in our businesses and this, that and the other. Um, but then when you actually go and speak to those people and you say, hey, I really liked this thing that you put out. Would you like to chat about it a bit more? I definitely found people a bit like, well, no, no, I'm not going to, we're going to help you. I'm not going to, you know, support you because I'm trying to do my business and you're going to take away from my business if, if I help you. Um, and I've had direct conversations like that where somebody, I asked somebody for a bit of advice and, and they were a bit of a mentor for me, if I'm completely honest, I guess mm. unofficially. Um, and I was just kind of watching their career and I just loved the way they'd set their business up and and what have you and and they were like well actually I can't really give you any advice because you're my competition and I was just like what no there's so much work here and also we're not going after the same level of clients I'm very much about the startup and the scale up and the small to medium businesses and, and this person's much in that kind of much larger organizational space but I guess when you told me that there's that real feel a camaraderie I guess yeah in that space it's so alien it's something that I would love to have seen definitely yeah. more of in this space and it's really interesting that you are saying that because when I first came up with the idea for effect I forgot to even say the name of it <laughs> um uh 
I was like, oh, I can't tell anyone about it because they'll steal my idea. And then I joined this uh, women, women in business community organization called The Stack World. Mm-hmm. And it's run by this amazing woman called Sharma Dean Reed. And um, she said in one of like the first chat, you know, events I was in, you know, she was like, talk to everyone, tell everyone your idea. And she was like, if someone's going to steal your idea, your idea is not good enough. And she was like, ultimately, no one can steal like you and who you are. So um, she was like, don't be afraid that someone's going to steal your idea. So I actually, from then on, went out, like, leading my conversations with, so I'm starting a new uh, Metaverse fashion brand, and we're co-created with our audience, and we're interoperable, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's what I was doing. I was just telling everyone what I was doing. And being open and, and you know, that way inclined has meant that people have been the same with me. Mm. And I think they've been super helpful. I mean, I have reached out to a few people, a couple of women in the space who I've been like, oh, I'd love to have a chat with them about their experiences raising funds and, you know, within the Web3 space as a woman. And they haven't got back to me. And at first I was a bit like, oh, oh, they obviously, you know, don't like me or don't think I'm any good. And then I was like, actually, they're probably so busy and they always get DMs. So I was like, I'll pass all class further down the line. It'll be fine. um, So you do, you know, some people won't get back to you, but most people in the space are very, very supportive. Definitely. God, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, I've definitely um, definitely had some experiences where that hasn't been the case. Don't get me wrong, like yourself, because, you know, we met, when, well, I met you when I was very early on in my business um, start, I guess. Yeah. And we supported each other and all the other people in our, our co-working space were, were really supportive of each other. So there definitely is that, but it doesn't, it feels a bit disjointed and I I feel it more now that the business is successful and it's more established than I did at the start Um, and I was telling you uh, just before we came on the call I think it's helpful for the listeners I've had um, kind of like dual pitch calls with other organizations because we do similar things and we said you know what let's bring our expertise together and pitch for this big piece of work because actually it could be really fantastic and when I've done that, sometimes I found, and it happens to be women, um, and I don't know whether this is a, a kind of a man and a woman split. I'm sure that men do this as well, and lots of women don't. But I've definitely found like I've been stepped on mm. to make somebody else look better. Yeah. So they've actually undermined something I've said, and I'm thinking we're on the same team. What are you doing? Like we're, we're pitching for the same work and we actually lost out on that big piece of work. I, I don't right. know whether that was the reason, but ultimately we lost out, which didn't make any sense because we had a fantastic pitch yeah. and it went really, really well. But yeah, yeah, I just, I find it fascinating when, when we could support each other. So I love yeah. that you're seeing that in this space. And I mean, it's really a new space, but it's definitely new to the masses. Yeah. I think typically as well, women have kind of, fought for you know moving up the ranks and fought against each other for roles and stuff and it's been quite a thing you know that it would be like oh well because there's so much such a small amount of space for women in the working world that everyone would be trying to go for that same space but I think nowadays I am finding that women do tend to kind of help each other out a bit more and there is less sort of of that like not necessarily backstabbing but you know um trying to you know, jump in front of people and put yourself first, people do tend to be thinking twice about that. But I think it's something that has to be learned. I mean, within the design industry, I think it was quite rife. I mean, um, 
there's a woman called Jessica Walsh from a design agency. Um, she's quite famous. Uh, other designers will know her. And she actually got um, read a comment one day that said, oh, the only reason why she became partner in Sagmeister and Walsh is because she took her clothes off and slept with him or something. And she was just like, this is so not true. Why, why does this woman feel like this about me? So she mm-hmm. started this organization called Ladies Wine and Design, which um, is an amazing initiative. And basically, uh, it's got lots of different uh, cohorts all over the world now. And there's one in London, which is amazing. They're all over the place. And basically women get, meet up and they drink wine and they talk about design. But it's gone further than that. So people actually manage the different branches of it. And it's just like it's completely not for profit as well. Mm. Um, but it's amazing because it's like she took that, which was a really negative thing. It was like, let's change this. And it's just expanded like women in the design industry do want to support each other. You know, we've got enough going on without having other women kind of saying <laughs> that to us. So, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. No, it's very true. And obviously you, you'll remember because you were on the panel. We did a panel back in, in March for International mm. um, Women's Day, specifically for the month. And um, we were talking about being allies to women and non-binary people in the workplace but actually there were some tips in that panel about women because we you know it is a learned behavior a lot of the time because like you say a lot of women have had to fight especially those women that are kind of nearing the end of their uh careers now they're nearing that retirement age Mm. they had so much crap to put up with and they had to really fight and hear those sorts of comments quite often no doubt yeah you're um that was it jessica you said yeah yeah that that person um, experienced so they've paved the way so it's about okay so we don't all have to have as hard a time as each other let's try and make it a better place for the next generation coming through so I do think that we all have a part to play in that as women we do need to make sure we are supporting each other and I've certainly seen some really amazing examples of that but I'm really keen and really really happy to hear that you're experiencing that in this Mm. other space that you're working in now yeah yeah I think as well in the design industry I think it it has grown to become a really supportive environment for women and like one thing that I always say like I mentor other women and I'm always like you need to join ladies wine and design it's a Facebook group it's got a website they do in life in real life meetups um and it's just an amazing supportive space but I think no, no matter where you are, like if you're a woman running your own business, there's always places out there where you can find your tribe and your crew. And like, that's what I've also really found through the stack world as well. I've met some amazing women through that. Um, so I really think like as a woman, and if you want to help other women, like find your own tribe, support them and make sure that you're championing other women around you as well. I think that's so important. And also like a real big thing, like in society is people's biases, right? And even women have biases. So I think I often will say things and be like, oh, I need to check myself about that. Like, do I really think that? Is that just society telling me I should think that, you know, about other women? So I think checking your biases is such an important thing to do as well. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, women are great and we need to support each other. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that bias aspect is so prevalent. So yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's really important for us women to to kind of back each other and just to really support as you would with anyone, you know, anyone that's doing something good in the world, that's trying to make a difference, that's trying to kind of stand up on their own feet kind of thing. I think it's really important. Exactly. 
You mentioned mentoring um, a second yeah. ago. So that actually leads me on to a question I wanted to ask you anyway. So you mentioned mentoring there. How is your mentoring going with your young designers? Uh, so my mentoring is going really well. Um, obviously, I've got quite a lot of things on at the moment. So what I tend to do is I mentor for six months, then I take six months off and then I go back into it. Um, and I'm just finishing up with a great woman at the moment who's an illustrator and she's actually um, designed and illustrated an amazing book. Um, so yeah, I love mentoring and I've been doing it for years now. I feel like it's so important to kind of give something back. I also feel like I've had lots of experience within my uh, career so far and obviously come across some barriers as well, which I think a lot of women will face. So I'm able to sort of say, oh, that happened to me. Maybe you should try this. And um, yeah, one of my proudest moments was um, I was working with this woman and she really wanted to get a job. And we put, this is a, a typical thing that I do with them. We put together a list of like 50 agencies you want to work with and then we make it the top 10. And she actually got interviews at the two top, top two jobs in her whole list and then she got one of them and I was just like yeah this is brilliant uh, so obviously it makes me feel really good but also it really helps people and yeah. I would advise anyone like if they have anything to give like just to mentor mm. and you can commit like as much or as little time as you want as I said like I do six months on six months off and uh, I'm currently mentoring with She Says which is a really great supportive program as well um, but also if you don't have a mentor I think that that is a really good way of like helping you develop more like personally and within your career because you can have someone as a sounding board you can also, um, if you've got any issues at any point and you maybe don't want to go and speak to someone at your work, you can speak to your mentor. And the way that I work as well is even though I finish mentoring after six months, I always say I'm here, you know, if you need me for anything. People do tend to still contact me and be like, can we have another chat? I've got some issues. So, you know, you build really nice relationships as well. But I think mentoring is great. If you're not doing it, you should do it. If you haven't got a mentor, go and get one basically <laughs> that's some pretty nice strong messages coming through there and I think um the idea of of doing it solidly for six months and then taking six months off not only is that good for you and and managing your business but also those six months that you've taken off you can then take that new learning to the next person and there's yeah. so things change so quickly in in the business world that I think it's really important to be able to do that definitely I think also you need a bit of a break and a bit of space from it to be able to come back to it fresh and give it your all as well yeah no I totally agree um I want to come back to the idea of, of bias so you mentioned bias a little bit earlier mm. now obviously the work I do very much focuses on bias and all of those different spaces so I'm keen to hear about have you seen any bias in the metaverse maybe more covert or, or even overt, who knows? And how does that kind of align or, or contribute to the way you think about bias in the design world, if any? The metaverse, well, let's start with design. The design industry is notoriously non-diverse and, you know, it's pretty much all the same people in it. It was getting a bit better, um, but the pandemic has just sent us 10 steps back. But because of that, um, there are obviously issues for women when they're trying to, well, not just women, you know, any sort of underrepresented person who's trying to get into the industry because A, like, where's my role models? If they're not up there, you can't see them, you can't be it. And then B, the people in power who are employing, well, people have bias, whether that's conscious or not, tend to employ 
people that remind them of themselves. So we have this constant thing that's happening where the same people are getting employed over the people who have got, you know, talent and that don't just look like that singular person have that same experience. Um, and that is coming across and that is the same in sort of Web3 space as well. So what you're finding is there are far more men you know, with crypto and far more men in the space. And obviously this has affected um, me and women when you're trying to fundraise as a business, because once again, it's like women tend to not get any money for their businesses, even though they're 10 times more likely to succeed. Um, so, and then one of the other things as well, which we can talk about within design, because it's design across space spaces. If you've got the same, the same people who've got the same sort of cultural experiences designing for everyone but they have bias because they are themselves and and you're and they're only designing they're meant to be designed for everyone but because it's just them and they all look the same the outcome is going to be you know from that certain cultural background mm. uh, therefore not everything works for everyone now we've already seen this in in the world through design right the design the design of the, the world is not designed very well for women uh, and other people um, but it kind of works really well for men a lot of the time. And the same thing is happening in Web3 space. And I hosted a round table recently at a conference where we had some women and we were talking about how we'd interacted with uh, any metaverse spaces, or virtual reality, that sort of stuff. And there was a woman there and she was saying how um, she was using a VR headset and she was a black woman. And she said that her partner went in and used it. and was like, oh, it's a really great experience. And she went in and it wouldn't work. And they were saying, oh, you know, it's because of her skin color that it didn't work. And it was shocking. You know, it's like this is a new world where we have the opportunity to fix these things that are broken in real life. But these are so such basic things. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like but it's because it's all the same people getting the funding, all the same people building the stuff that, you know, there is real lack of representation there. So, yeah, it's a big problem at the moment. But it's one thing that I'm really like focused on and really hyper aware of so like when we do build our business because we will get funding um we are going to make sure that we're like really hiring a diverse team that represents you know throughout everything we do and i think that's an important thing that needs to happen in design in the metaverse in web3 spaces all over you know it just makes sense yeah um, it just makes sense that's probably the easiest way to say it I'm just trying to think I am um, I did a, a webinar recently um for senior well for people going to their senior leaders and trying to get them to understand the business case around diversity equity inclusion belonging justice etc and um I just I threw out loads of stats because people love credible data when especially mm. when they're talking to their senior leaders in an organization because chances are you're asking to release funds and budget and resource and things like that so they need yeah. to see the numbers I think it was about 152%. So if you design a product or a service and you've got somebody from the same ethnicity in that uh, project team, you're 152% more likely to be able to create the more innovative um, uh, yada, yada, yada. So there's lots yeah. of really great statistics around that, but that's just one that came to mind and that idea of inclusive design. Yeah. You can't have inclusive design if you're not having representation in the group that design it it's yeah. as simple as that it's yeah. it's impossible to know and I think that VR headset example 
yeah. is spot on. Yeah. Apparently as well, something interesting that I read is that with these VR headsets, apparently women are more likely to get that seasickness, motion sickness from it because it's actually been designed to fit a man's head rather than a woman's head. <laughs> it's like all these things. It's like, how does this even happen in this day and age? Yeah, you know? like, we've, like you said, this is such an opportunity now to design for inclusion. Like why is this? Yeah. It, you, it's happening because of what you just said, because of the lack of representation in those spaces yeah it's the same people saying the same things doing the same things designing it for themselves yeah um it's really interesting you say that actually because I I get really seasick using um or real motion sick using VR headsets yeah. even being in VR rooms and stuff like that I've, I've definitely been felt really really sick and had to mm. leave um but there's also something so you'll know Invisible Women the book um, which yep. looks at design and, and especially specifically around women and how things are designed for men. And it's funny, yeah. I was just talking to somebody recently about um, the design of the the seatbelts and the design of the um, airbags in cars and how women are much more likely to have a fatal accident than yeah. men in car crashes. And yeah. it's just, like you say, why have we not progressed? Yeah. How are we not further now yeah. knowing all of this that book's been out for a very long time as well yeah. this is a surprise <laughs> yeah way. it's kind of a joke really I feel like even the term inclusive design shouldn't really exist surely it should just yeah. be design and yeah. it should just be inclusive like yeah it just yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah it's kind of shocking but I think once again I feel like a lot of this is subconscious bias because no one goes out to be like oh I don't want to design for those sorts of people I'm just going to make it work for me you know I don't think that's the case I think a lot of it is subconscious but once again it's Mm -hmm. like people just need to be aware of that and check their biases and just think have I got everyone in the room here that I need and you know is if this is aimed at all all these people am I representing all these people in what I'm building Mm. it's so important yeah, it's really important. I think it's also there's you've got the systematic challenges, right? So you've got the educational challenges and all of the societal challenges that are coming into the employment space and the the kind of um, working space and the design space and stuff. And um, I've just been thinking about the idea around psychological research. So I've done various studies in in psychology, and one of the one of the biggest scare factors for me when I started learning about it was the idea, I think it's like 98% of psychological research over all the years has come very Eurocentric or very US-centric. So I think like 2% of that is outside of that space. So already you're taking away two-thirds of the world by not including that psychological research. So it's it's certainly not just in design, it's in every single space that you can possibly imagine. So representation we know is really powerful. Of course, representation only works if those spaces are open to different ways of thinking and working and and kind of communicating and collaborating. And that's another challenge in itself in general. Okay, lovely. Thanks for that. Um, I think I want to just move on to your experiences now Um, as a woman, as somebody who is a mentor for other women, as somebody that's been in the design space for a really long time. What's the biggest learning that you have had where you're moving? You're not moving from design to meta because it's in the same space and metaverse, sorry, but 
is there anything that has been a bit of a shock to you between the two spaces or is it all just kind of flowed through? Um, I don't think anything's been really a shock. I would actually say the thing that has been the most difficult has been um, looking at how to fundraise in this space because obviously I've my design studio I didn't raise money for that but this we're building technology here so I need to raise money for it and I started out and I actually um, went to um, this office hours event where I got to chat to like four different investors like in a sequence and it was like you get 15 minutes with each which is not very long at all Um, and I actually got some information sent through to me beforehand which said you know women typically don't get funded. These are some things you can do to help you. And da, da, da. And I think like, it was great that they did that. But I was a bit like, why am I getting sent this? Like, why is it not the people who do the funding getting sent? Women typically don't get as much funding. Maybe you should be doing this, this and this. I feel like it's maybe a need to work both ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've found a, a difficult. I mean, I did a bit of fundraising, and then we kind of change our idea a bit. So I'm going to be going back to it again soon. But yeah, that was the hardest, hardest thing that I've kind of got come across. And then just hearing a lot about women don't get funded, they get like 2% or something. And yeah, just hearing figures like that. And just thinking when you're going into these meetings, like, how am I ever going to be taken seriously? Like when all these figures are saying, like, you're not going to be like, what do I need to do? How do mm-hmm. how am I going to put myself out there? I think as well, this kind of goes back to when I, you know, out running a design studio as well, like I would go into pitches um, me and my business partner Kelly, two young women, and uh, you know we'd be like, oh, we got invited to this pitch. This is amazing, and then we wouldn't get the job, and then we'd be like, oh, like, but we got invited, and like, surely we answered all the questions, and then we would often see who we we're pitching against, and they'd be sort of like, you know, older men, and we'd be like, oh, you know, we just weren't good enough. And I look back now, and I think I reckon there's definitely some sort of unconscious bias there. Like, oh, here's like some older men, here's some young women, like who do you trust who's going to mm. deliver the work properly you know mm. or we could have just been really rubbish and maybe, maybe that's why we didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a mixture of the two right yeah I yeah think that's definitely a good way to look at it I think um yeah the bias thing is is huge and I mean listen I I don't have any direct sessions where I train people on unconscious bias what I do is I weave it through mm. and we talk about it and we talk about how it can impact and also how difficult it is to change but that idea of just becoming more aware of it allows yeah. you to be more intentional to challenge it exactly and I think that's maybe rather than you having that thing sent to you before the funding uh kind of rounds maybe it should have been sent to them and here's some Mm. ways to challenge that bias when you're listening to this woman pitch to to you and things like that that's such a good idea (laughs) (laughs) maybe I should do that maybe I should offer that as one of my services um it's just also making me think because actually if you take the intersectionality aspect as well so if you then think as a black female business owner or Mm. somebody that has a disability and you're a business owner and and you're a woman and things like that you really like every every extra word that's put in front of who you are just knocks that funding down and down and down but actually the statistics and the data show that you're more likely to be more successful so yeah it's it's a frustrating 
conversation to still be having the same way as that whole inclusive design thing is a frustrating conversation to be having and yeah. the fact that we even need to mention that there needs to be better representation in in those decision making spaces and stuff like that it's a bit boring like I'm kind of <laughs> sick of having the same conversation <laughs> yeah but we've got to keep having it because things aren't changing enough and they're not changing fast enough you know it's like I the figures for women being for investment in women and especially women who aren't just white women as well. Like mm. it's just dropping. It's still dropping. The pandemic's obviously had a massive impact on that, but yeah, something needs to change. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I've just been writing a piece for a client on um, the myths of meritocracy, mm. um, which comes into the idea that not everybody has access to the same opportunities. And, and there's obviously external societal aspects that impact the employment space and impact the business yeah. space. Um, and I do, I'm starting to have conversations now with different execs and different organizations in that, do you know what, I get that you're having to take on all of these external societal ridiculousness. So the education aspect and the healthcare aspect and the housing and all of that, I get that you're having to fix a lot of this, but ultimately you are a third of the problem. So let's yeah. see what we can do to fix a lot of this stuff. And it just really helps people to change their mindset a little bit because it's not that meritocracy is wrong on, on the outskirts, on the concept of it. It's totally the right thing to do. But there's a real myth there because you're assuming that everybody is starting from the same point. You're assuming yeah. that two uh, designers, for example, pitching for the same work, one might have an extra client to the other because one of them was a, a caregiver to their children or whatever. They had to take some time away. So it doesn't make necessarily make the designer that did the caregiving any less able or capable or have less potential to do incredible things. So it's just really starting to shift that idea in the recruitment spaces, in the funding spaces, all of those places that can prevent people from moving forward. Yeah. Just, just stop thinking about experience by itself. Exactly. Experience yeah. by itself doesn't equal good outcomes. No. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. I read an article um, about a recruitment company that was actually um, bringing in people from all different backgrounds into the pool to get interviewed for like, this is like big financial companies. And what they were doing, they were saying like, okay, so this one guy, like he got an A, but he's come from a really wealthy background. He's done really well. Like typically he would have been chosen for interview above maybe this other guy who had come over from Syria and had to like look after his family and work weekends and work evenings and everything who got a B, but because he got B, he might not get through to the interview process. So what this recruitment company is doing is saying, look at this person's background. They've got a B, even though this is what they've gone through. So, you know, get them involved in the interview process and see how they do, like give them a chance. And I just think things like that, that's amazing. Like that's mm -hmm. really taking things a step in the right direction and making sure that, you know, opening opening up the opportunities for people who might not get them. But it does take these bigger organisations to kind of go, yeah, okay, we're up for doing that and allowing that to happen. And, you know, ultimately, if you have a diverse team, you're going to have a better output. So they should yeah. be doing anyway. Yeah, we don't need to spill off all of the... Um all of the different statistics because they're there. They're there yeah. for anyone to find on Google. It's ridiculous how many statistics there are to support this. The fact yeah. that we still have to have this conversation is madness. So I really love 
that you just brought that example up for two reasons. One is that the these organizations, not only do they have a part to play in this, and you're right, they need to be leading the way. Like these big organizations, when they do things, everyone else follows. Government change policies according to things like this as well. So it is mm. really, really important. But also what they're doing on a more kind of individual level is they're looking at the whole human being. Yeah. And I love that. I love that they're thinking what are the transferable skills that this person can bring that doesn't apply to their experience? And, and you know, I work with a women's center in my yeah. local area. This is exactly what a project that we're working on at the moment is to bridge that idea that experience is the only thing that's necessary for somebody to be able to do a great job for you. Yeah. So um, I love that they're looking at the whole human. I think that's really, really important. There's some challenges, of course, that come with that because you've got to make sure that the interviews are set up in a, obviously a fair way, but also that you give, you know, support to everybody and give them access to that. And that was something that we used to do in an old employer of mine. So anyone that was applying for, for any role, we'd give them access to us as a team in the recruitment space and the learning space to say, do you want to have a mock interview before you interview? Do you want us to give you some advice? And it was given to everybody. So it was totally fair, but it just helped those people that were more introverted or it helped those people that had neurodiversity or whatever the million other reasons are that you might not perform perfectly in an interview. Just sometimes it's just nerves for, for somebody that maybe hasn't interviewed in like 15 years kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just those little things that we can do, just put that human before anything else. Because we yeah. know if you treat people well, if you give them um, kind of autonomy in their role and you give them the support that they need, but also that meaning and purpose around other parts of their life, they're going to do the best possible work they can for you. Exactly. It's so uh- valuable. As I say as well, like something that's interesting in the Web3 space is obviously I was saying, you know, there's far more men in the space, working in the space. Um, There's a brilliant woman called Lauren Ingram, and she has set up this company called Women of Web3. And it's an amazing podcast, actually. So if you want to hear, um, she basically breaks down everything. It's like every day is a learning day. So if you want to know what NFTs mean, crypto, like all sorts of stuff, her podcast, brilliant. She interviews women on it. Um, but she also has a, uh, a page for jobs and she's really into like trying to get women careers in Web3 because there's a lot of money to be made in Web3. And that isn't just through like investing in crypto and things like that, but actually like getting jobs in the space. But a lot of women are like, but I'm not te- I'm not techie. But you don't have to be techie because no one in Web3 has got experience, like five years of experience because it didn't really exist then. So you know, it's about people and women, especially like saying, having the confidence to put themselves forward for a job that maybe they don't have like the right experience for, but what they do have is transferable skills, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, I was even saying to my husband, like if, I mean, this is not going to happen, but if effect doesn't take off, then I could potentially go and get a job in web three. And he was like, well, how would you do that? You like, you can't code. And I was like, you don't need to be able to code. Like I could do anything. There's so much stuff you can do. You know, I'm speaking with this guy today and he's like a marketer in web three, but it's, it's the same as marketing in web two. It's just, yeah, it's just like those transferable skills. You just got to think about different platforms differently and stuff, but ultimately women can do it. You just have to have the confidence to do it. So if anyone's interested in that, follow women in web three. 
Love that. Thank you. I'm definitely going to give that podcast um, a listen. Mm. I'm taking a note of that. There's something there in the confidence thing, right? Um, yeah. And I'm just writing the the proposal for this project for the Women's Centre at the moment. And I, I'm, I'm writing because we're bridging employers and, and the women together. And I'm writing two separate kind of proposals, I guess. One for the women to know why it's so important that they take part in the program and one yeah. for the employers because of course with the employees it's nice and easy it's csr it's esg it's, mm. it's, it's, it's it's really great development opportunity for the people that are supporting the women etc etc for the women a big part of it is not only to be able to have that experience on their cv because unfortunately we're not at a point yet where people don't think that's as important yeah. but a big part is the confidence it's the and and a lot of these women are not born in the UK. English is their second language. They've come from not very nice um, backgrounds for various different reasons, and the systems are just knocking them down. So we yeah. really need to build their confidence. But even if you take the average woman that is born in the UK and does have a white sounding name and does have educational background and experience in the UK, that confidence thing is still really important because I think it's about eighty percent of a job if we look at a job description when we're applying for a job we need to know that we can do 80 percent of that job to apply for it whereas with men it's a lot less um now i think we should take a leaf out of the men's book and go do you know what i don't know how to do but i'll figure it out yeah i'll make sure i go to a supportive organization that's going to support me to learn and to grow and whatever so the confidence thing it goes hand in hand with the experience doesn't it definitely and also imposter syndrome i mean through my podcast you know all the all the women that I spoke to were just like yeah I have a problem with this and I remember interviewing um Caterina Bianchini and uh you know that's what she said was like one of the things that she dealt with and I was like really like I really just don't understand how you have imposter syndrome and I got so many messages afterwards from people being like wow I can't believe she has an imposter syndrome like she's just so much like me and yeah it's just amazing like it's amazing that everyone feels like they have imposter syndrome and they can understand it with each other but it's horrible how we all have it and it's so prevalent in women I mean men also have it as well you know but it's like yeah it's that's such a key thing as well but once again it's like it's a difficult one to try and overcome. I always just say, try and have as much knowledge as you can about what you're trying to do, because that really will help you. And then just wing it, you know, <laughs> fake it till you make it. <laughs> it is it is a massive part of it, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? Because I think I spent most of my career faking it until I made it. And then when I made it, I was like, oh, is this it? Oh, right. No, I'm quite happy to fake it. Thanks. This is, <laughs> it's much better learning and growing you don't ever want to be at the top of your game because no. if you're at the top of your game there's nothing else to learn is there yeah I go to yeah. a web3 co-work and um it's kind of there's loads of guys there um and you know we have these conversations about stuff and it's helping me build faster and some of the conversations I'm like yeah yeah and I'm thinking in my head take a note of that take a note of that look it up as soon as you turn around <laughs> you know because I'm like what the fuck is all this story get it <laughs> um but then I'm like, if I was if I was having conversations with these people, like I know six months ago, I would be even even more clueless. So, yeah, it's just about being in being in the place and absorbing it and just faking it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally agree. Um, okay, so on that note, then I'd love to know if you were to give young people coming into this world, uh, young women, young non-binary people coming into this space, whilst there's still such a lack of representation, what advice 
could you give them do you think that would help them to kind of kickstart I think like find um, organizations in the space as in like more communities because it's so community led that are people that are like you have like similar values interests look like you have the same attitude as you there are so many out there like people who are sort of non-binary that are running things and there's also like women's organizations running things as well they're like nft projects but you can you can like join like discord which is where a lot of the communities are and just interact with people Twitter is where everyone is talking about everything like Web3. So get on Twitter, follow a few people. You know how Twitter is, it suggests people and stuff. And you'll soon see like, oh, that person's talking about stuff I'm really interested in. And then, you know, just look at, just type like, if you want to get a job in it, you know, just look, obviously look at um, Women of Web3's jobs board. And also there's one called Boys Club as well, which is actually for women, <laughs> um, which is an amazing community that I'm part of. Um, and yeah, you'll just find, you'll find people and communities to just be part of. And as I said, like, you know, we're all going to make it this thing that everyone's talking about that people want to support each other. So if you have a certain skill and you don't know how that can be relevant in the space, you know, try and like contact someone on Twitter and be like, Hey, I've seen you speaking about this. Like, you know, would you be able to have a conversation with me about like where you think my skill sets could lie or something? And someone would definitely want to help, you know, it's like, so just be brave and go out there and chat to people. That's so cool. Thank you. And then one last question um, before we finish off, which is knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently in the last 12 months? My fear around contacting people and asking people to like help or give me advice and stuff like I think I would say to myself just do it like put yourself out there talk to more people about it and you know stop saying oh no I don't want to do that stop shying away from it basically awesome really great things um is there any are there any last pieces of advice you would give um somebody when I say younger person I don't necessarily mean younger in age I mean younger into this space something yeah any last moments of wisdom I would say just put yourself out there um you know if you and also the other thing is every another little acronym is um d d y o r like do your own research you know always do your own research there is so much information out there about web3 all the different technologies all the different communities and platforms you just have to Google it. But if you go into Twitter, you'll go down like a Twitter rabbit hole and you'll find so much information, so many great people. I would say if you want to get into the space, just literally just get into it, you know, just start researching stuff. And if you've got any interest in anything, like fashion is so fun, like this is what drew me into it. I bought my first NFT, which is a T-shirt, and then I couldn't actually wear it on my avatar. And I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so this is where the idea came from. Um, so yeah, I think like, Think about what your passion is and then just just type Web3 on the end or Metaverse on the end and, you know, we'll probably come up with something. You'll be like, oh, oh, so I could go and work for that company. I could do that. And then go on Twitter and find people that work at that company and chat with them and take it that way, you know. Amazing, yeah. And I think compared to all the other kind of, I guess, industries or specialisms, this is the newest. So yeah, it's not going to – I don't think it's going to feel overwhelming for people. Like, of course, there's masses and masses of information out there online. Yeah. But like you said, I think if you can highlight where your passion is, yeah. you can probably get really into that kind of rabbit hole. I love that um, Dior. I love yeah. that acronym, do your own yeah. research. I'm going to 
I'm going to hijack that a little bit because that is something we say to people in the diversity, equity and inclusion world. Yeah. Because it's about really going and do your research before you go and talk to underrepresented groups. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that. That's such a great last kind of nugget to go on. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today. I've learned loads about the metaverse. I'm definitely a bit more reading about it and I'm going to encourage other people that I know to do the same thing. So thank you so, so much. No worries. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's been really fun. Well, there you have it. What a wonderful conversation with uh, Rachel there. Not just really fantastic in terms of learning a little bit more about the design space and the metaverse, but of course, really starting to understand how we can genuinely make a positive impact in these spaces as well. I'm really, really looking forward to what Rachel, the team and Effect are going to do. I've started to see really fantastic things on social media that they've been putting out there and it's incredible. So if you don't know lots about the metaverse, I suggest go and have a little bit of a read because not only is it big news right now, it's going to be even more big news in the future. Uh, But watch this space, watch Rachel and Effect and see what more is to come.